coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. The game is afoot. It's elementary, my dear Mario. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going so good. I have to admit, Patrick, uh, we are recording this. We're all post-vaccinated, so we're recording this in person for the first time since last year. And uh, I'm having difficulty making eye contact with people. It's like, very it's hard. Getting <laughs> like I'm smiling a bunch, but like mm-hmm. getting used to interacting with people in the same room is um uh yeah it's like relearning that social skill. Well, I'm I've gotten very used to performing that like opening to like an empty room and so there like all these extra gestures and stuff that I do now to be like get your energy up uh, and like I don't need to do that anymore but I have gone right back to it. <laughs> it's uh I have to before coming over tonight yeah. I was like I better brush my teeth like I haven't been around people so I don't know if I smell bad. You know what I mean? Mark, you smell great. Thank you. That is a weight lifted off my shoulders. I know, you really I know have no you were idea. fishing for it. We'll just go right, right to it. You smell great. I'm not going to deny it. I want a confirmation. <laughs> uh, we are also joined today by our good friend, podcaster, and co-host of the Same Day Shipping Podcast, Ryan Mogi is here. Yay! Hey, guys! Hi, Ryan! This is so fun to be in person with people. Yeah, you were one of our last guests to record in person. When we did a Valentine's Day episode. And I said, I shall not do this over Zoom. <laughs> That's right. I said, get your vaccinations so that I can return to NCS. Oh, we figured out uh, like guests on uh, like for a distance podcast maybe three times yeah. over the course of, <laughs> yeah. over the so course of 14 work. months. It's so much work. And you just look, it's nice to be in person and together. And Ryan, I'm so glad that we have you uh, for today because we are going to be uh, casting the great detectives of fiction with nintendo characters and we're doing this of course because well hold on wait we've got business to get through i haven't done it in person the energy is so high (laughs) i feel so weird do you guys feel so weird i love it it's a fun weird it's a fun weird it's an adrenaline rush um speaking of an adrenaline rush my copy of sonic forces for the nintendo switch would you like to borrow it you can certainly try. All you have to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Woo, that felt good. <laughs> uh, and give us a mailing address so we can send you my copy of this game. You play it for as long as you want. I pay for the postage back. It costs you nothing. There may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there. Instead, that's a little goose prank. There's nothing you can really do about it. It's just sometimes Sonic is a goose. Um, that's really it. <laughs> the other thing you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get this show. Um, it helps people find the show. It makes us feel good. Everybody wins. Uh, you get to practice your literary technique. Everybody gets something out of the deal. Right. And we are critiquing all of the reviews for <laughs> the literary techniques used in them. Like You get extra points for uh, and, you know, elevated rhetoric or for irony, all of these things where we, you know... We're generous with the scores, but we, we are grading them. But we greatly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll give you a shout out on the show as well. 
if uh, that means anything to you. <laughs> yeah, if it does. Um, and speaking of shout-outs, I guess, um, I, I was a, a guest on the Nintendo Pals podcast last week. Um, I guess it posted on, on Monday, so we'll say this week. Um, so uh, go check that out. Uh, I had a good conversation with those guys about all kinds of stuff that's going on in the world of Nintendo. Okay, um, but now let's get into our topic. Let's discuss the great detectives as Nintendo characters. Okay, and the reason we're doing this is because uh, Famicom Detective Club is uh, out tomorrow. Um, so that the, that's two uh, remade NES games that were never localized uh, in, uh, outside of Japan, uh, and they are murder mystery games, and I, we're all excited, I think, to play them. Um, but, like, you know, we don't have anything to say about it yet because no one has played it. Uh, so we're just going to talk about the detectives, uh, the, the great detectives, and who would be them from Nintendo. And I'm so excited to talk about this, and I'm so excited Ryan is here yeah. for this because uh, we all share a deep love of some of these characters. Oh, my gosh. I, I love a sleuth. Now, when the sleuth is employed professionally as a sleuth, I love that. When the sleuth is doing it on an amateur basis, I'm into that. Love it. I love when you figure out mysteries, especially murders. <laughs> There's something just mm -hmm. really exciting Really about satisfying that. about a murder yes, mystery. Yes, and when you just do it again and again, book after book or episode after episode. Or uh, book after book that becomes episode after episode. That's okay, too. <laughs> Or one movie, and then Netflix gives you $500 million <laughs> to make more. That's, look, we will Sorry, get to Benoit Blanc on, on, on the list. <laughs> Should we run through the, the list of detectives we're going to be doing? Yeah, yeah, let's do okay. it. Okay, so um, we have selected 10 of the greatest detectives in all of fiction. This is indisputable, I think. Um, and if, if we uh, happen upon any others as we go, we will interject and, uh, you know, deal with them then. Um, but so <clears throat> we are doing Sherlock Holmes. Hercule Poirot, Benoit Blanc, Briny Fisher, Veronica Mars, uh, Miss Marple, Nancy Drew, Philip Marlowe, Columbo, and Jessica Fletcher. Murderer's Row. Um, yes, well, a murderer's mystery row. <laughs> a murderer's finder's row. <laughs> yes, correct. Um, Ryan, I do feel like, Mark, you said that we all share a, uh, a love or a passion for these uh, characters and these stories. Um, and I feel like I do to a lesser extent than the two of you. I feel like I am borrowing Ryan's passion. <laughs> and you know, I've got enough. Yeah, I, you, I know you, you have, do. And, and it was so fun before this. Mark and I just went back and forth talking about like literally <laughs> 20 different theories. Yeah. Some which you can only get on Acorn streaming. I'm not going to recommend it because we did say nice things about that one. <laughs> but there's so much fun to be. It, that sounds bad. But there is so much fun to be had in watching someone catch someone else. Yeah. I no, love it. I agree with that. That doesn't sound bad. I think that sounds well, good. Because I, there's usually something horrible that happens at the beginning. Once you get past that part. Sure. Like a murder. The murder happens. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yada, 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 the murder. But it's just so fun. Especially, I think I also I like comeuppances. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Justice. You're this, a fan of justice. I love justice and I love. Yeah, I love reversal of fortune. Yeah. So, like, when we talk about Columbo. Oh, my God, Columbo. He's the best because he catches murderers, but he mainly catches rich murderers. 
just the richest, worst, the most like uh, affluent think they're going to get away with everything that they're just smarter and uh, oh, man, I hate them so much. <laughs> well, and there's something about all of the people on this list where they, mm-hmm. they all share where this sense of kind of like beach read murders mm-hmm. where, you know, mm, it's not yeah. really like, I don't think any of these, may, with the exception of maybe, maybe like Philip Marlowe, like mm-hmm. those stories maybe get like the darkest out yeah. of all of these. Sure. But most of There's these no are Clarice really like. Starling on the, our Right. List. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the, it's the state, it's murder, but the stakes are low yes. in a lot of these. Yes. It's a comfy, cozy murder <laughs> yeah. for a lot yeah. of these. Is, these is cozy. Guys, if I get murdered, uh-huh. I just hope it's in a way, you know, that one of these people would be able to solve. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. That would be the most fun way for it to happen. <laughs> yeah, where your corpse is discovered with, like, a peach pit next right. to it. And then we have to figure it, out. It's well, possible that I died because I, like, tripped over a dog. Right. Yes, but that's not really what happens. <laughs> uh, so I, we're starting with Sherlock Holmes. Uh, yes. who, which is appropriate because he, he's, like, the er detective here, right? That so mm-hmm. many of these... Uh, the detectives that follow are either like uh, just someone else's version of a Sherlock Holmes or like a uh, uh, outright rejection of that type of detective, right? Yes. Like he just, he's just everywhere. Yeah. It's uh, hard to even think about detection without thinking about de- deduction. And yeah. It's crazy that that was something that Arthur Conan Doyle like put together. It was like, hmm, maybe this is how you solve things, <laughs> deducing information. <laughs> but it's also like the introduction of like, deducing for sure but also of like this uh eccentric uh detective who like has the quirks that also make him impossible to deal with right like and that's uh where i ended up leaning i think almost uh more heavily than in the um, my choice for this uh for sherlock holmes is not a particularly good detective or an observant person in the nintendo universe but uh it is someone who maybe plays violin. I assume plays violin. It is Ludwig von Koopa of the Koopa Kids. Uh, clearly the most annoying of the Koopa Kids. Um, has that crazy, like, Beethoven hair. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, really for no other reason than I find him to be obnoxious. Uh, and feel like that puts him in the Sherlock mold. I could definitely see Ludwig, like, being really arrogant. Yeah, totally. Like, of the Koopa kids, probably, like, the most, like, full, like self-centered, which I think is a very kind of, like, Sherlock sort of, like, uh, personality trait. Well, and he frequently positions himself as, like, the penultimate boss, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the last of the Koopa kids that you have to... So, like, yeah, he, he's got an ego, for sure. Probably plays violin. Is Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and could probably do with, like, a friend. Yes, 100%. Because that's, to me, what makes Sherlock palatable. Mm-hmm. If you take Watson out of it, I'm not really interested in Sherlock. Yeah, Sherlock, no Watson. Sherlock's and no Watson is not going to work. Yeah, you're right. He really does need that, like, um, that straight man, almost, that, like, takes the edge off of it and can kind of be his, like, moral compass a little bit. Yes. Yeah, and occasional body man, too, right? Like, can, mm-hmm. I mean, not, I guess not always, because Sherlock is also, like, a, uh, a capable fighter, right? Like, or like if you put him in a, like a sword situation, he's yeah. fine. <laughs> um, but like sometimes you need Watson to be like a little bit of a bruiser, right? Right. So who would be Ludwig's? Oh boy, Watson. I, I know this is outside the assignment. It is, so. but Roy, right? <laughs> I mean, I think we gotta yeah. stick in the Koopa Kid family. I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. And Roy, yeah, Roy can be a bruiser for yep. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely, you know, 
Uh, I love Roy with all my heart, so I think he's he would be one. the moral comp- yeah. compass. <laughs> Absolutely. Nailed it. He would choose the right. I uh, feel like I went a completely different direction. I love this. And I think it's because because when you look at all of these uh, detectives, there's so much they have in common. So I was trying mm-hmm. to pick out the things that are unique or special about them, and I think one of the things that Sherlock has is he's got style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's, a, he's sort of, he's the star. Mm-hmm. He's got style. He is very competent. I went with Fox McCloud. Ooh, that is so good. <laughs> that is really good. Oh, I love that and so much. And he's got much. like a couple Watsons. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's <laughs> so a whole crew of them. Yeah, that's such, that's such a good pick because in addition to like all the stuff we were saying, the kind of like negative about Sherlock is really important. Like he's good. Like there's a yeah. reason he's arrogant. It's because yeah. he's really good. He's really competent. So having that kind of like fly guy, like swagger. Yeah. yeah, that's like perfect. Also, I feel like I can picture Fox, Fox McCloud having a secret opium addiction. Like I feel oh, like 100%. that tracks like 100% for it's me. It's off screen, but it's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We and, don't talk about it a lot. And wearing a duster. Y- yes. <laughs> Do you think he can smoke a pipe in the uh, cockpit of that little spaceship? I think that he probably, like, there's probably some opium, like, vaping going on, yes. right, in the future. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, now that we've invented vapes, we can just assume all of future things will have vapes in them. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. And opium will make a comeback in yes. the future in some form. Um, my pick, uh, I, I kind of uh, leaned a little bit more towards, like, the, like, arrogant, sardonic, like, um, personality, like that kind of stuff. So I picked Rivali from Breath Ooh. of the Wild. Oh, that's so good. Um, because I feel like Rivali is like he's really like he's boastful. He's really uh he is arrogant. He's like all those things, but he uh he is like a team player, even though he like pretends to like not want right. to be. Right. Like he's um he's willing to like do his part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As as one of the champions, yeah, like, he views the rest of the champions as Scotland Yard, right? <laughs> right. Who who is Rivali's Watson? Have you given any thought? Is it just Link? I, you know, it could be Link, except I think he doesn't respect Link mm-hmm. enough, oh, you're right. Enough. You're right. You're or at right. least not like may, maybe like post um, defeating Ganon, he you, would respect like Link a little bit more. Like when he's dead. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Look, Sherlock can be a lot of things. He can be a ghost. Sure. He can be a ghost. Watson could be a ghost. Has there been ghost Sherlock and medium Watson? Has that been? I think we got to pause the pod. That? That's too we, good. That's gotta, such a good idea. That's insane that that hasn't happened. Sherlock's a ghost from the Victorian era. Yes. He haunts Watson. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's good. <laughs> This is the show that Mark and I were talking about we need to find. Yes. <laughs> I've been searching the world for Ghost Sherlock. Um, but what about uh, one of the other uh, champions for his, for his Watson? Like, maybe does... or, like I was going to say Urbosa, but she's maybe a little too, like, surly. Like, she has yeah. maybe too much, because, like, Watson... He's reserved. Yeah, and he, yeah. He's, he is kind of, like, very vanilla. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah, all of the champions got like a little bit of attitude. Don't yeah, they? yeah. Except for like Zelda, and that doesn't make sense. All right. Well, okay. We'll we'll uh, we'll go with Urbosa <laughs> because that's the first thing because we said. First thing. That's the it's first one. Usually right. One. <laughs> um. Oh, all right. Uh, all good picks for Sherlock. Uh, let's move on now to Hercule Poirot. Uh, Mario on the Orient Express here. Um, who would like to go? 
I'm sorry. I hope you just do it over and over because there's so many things with murder in the title. <laughs> oh God! And you could just make all. all right, let, let me look them all up. <laughs> um, Ryan, what, let's let's start with you for Poirot. Okay, so Poirot is a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. I find him very annoying, and it took me. I love re- reading at Agatha Christie novels, and I found like I could handle Poirot so much more in the books than on in movies. And I think it was because until I saw, uh, some of the like more silly versions of Poirot, mm-hmm. because Poirot is a jerk. Totally, mm-hmm. he's a jerk. He's always right in the end, but the interest of the story is everyone else. Poirot's inner thoughts are like the least interesting thing. And that's to me the weakness of David Suchet's like that series. Yeah. Cause it thinks I care way more about Poirot than I, I don't care about him. I want to, I care about the murders. Like murder on the Orient Express is a great murder mystery. It happens to have him as yeah, detective, totally. but like, this is a sidebar, but yes. I'm curious your thoughts on the most recent murder on the Orient Express film, uh, starring, the man Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. And I, directed by I him. watched it during quarantine and I needed I needed it. Oh, okay. And so it worked for me because I really wanted to watch a Christie movie. And I it was available to stream. I saw it in the theater. Oh. And when Sarah and I went to this movie, um, the theater was filled with couples of just the beefiest men you've ever seen. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Wait, but and then Kenneth Branagh's not that beefy in the movie. No, no. But but, but Poirot is, is a pretty this beefy is, character. Who was at the movie? These are the people I'm that wanted saying, to see Murder on the Orient Express. If I went for beefy representation, I would be disappointed by that. Movie. Yeah, as as would I. <laughs> you know, I I didn't really like it. I was disappointed because like I uh, I thought that it I thought it was weird, like the backstory or like whatever yeah. was going on with like. Yeah. Poirot in that version mm-hmm. where they like tr- made him like tortured a little yeah, bit we don't need that. and like that I didn't I did not care for but I was I loved Michelle Pfeiffer yeah she's it, great like, yeah. yeah one I also feel like uh that is a good like Kenneth Branagh part because I that's a just a personage that I find kind of annoying mm-hmm. yes I I also will say that it has Johnny Depp in the way that I'm willing to deal with Johnny Depp right now, which is just like straight up creepy, evil. Everyone hates him. And yeah, super dead. And super dead. So if, if, if I know he's going to keep getting cast in things, but if those things can always be true, right. I'm, I think I'm okay. He with can it. be our Mr. Body. That's okay. Yes, that's fine. Uh, so Ryan, who, okay, so who, who have you cast? I went with somebody who's also fastidious. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope that this works for you guys. Okay, so I went with someone who's also fastidious, who is central to the story, but not the reason that you're involved in the story. You really could take or leave this person, but also they're driving a lot of the plot. And so that person is Tom Nook. Oh. That is interesting. You can't really get rid of him because he's key, but also he's kind of annoying and you're not not savoring your time with him. Um, Poirot, he have a lot of money. He was comfortable. Yeah, yeah, because he has like a well valet and do. stuff. Yeah. So. yeah, that's a good point. And he could afford mustache wax. So much mustache so wax. Much. That mustache is never going to droop. Yeah, I mean, he's the world's. He considers himself the world's greatest detective. Right. So I think he charges equally for that service. And that's such like an important point. And I, I think that's like I, in my mind, Tom Nook considers himself the greatest businessman. Totally. Yes. And so I think. Uh, and like what you were saying about like um, 
Tom Nook is central to Animal Crossing, but you do not play the game to interact with Tom Nook. I mean, if you do, you're right. psycho. <laughs> no, that, uh, that's actually awesome because like it not only do you not play it to uh interact with him you also don't play as him right, right. like mm-hmm. he occupies this like weird nether space of that game where so much of it is just interacting you're never charmed by your interaction with tom nook but you need to seek his services all the time yeah yeah that's a really good one and sometimes he wears a cute suit sometimes he does <laughs> so these are the things <laughs> that's good so my pick is also from Animal Crossing. Oh my goodness! Um, but I went a, a little different, and I think uh, this character I don't think has the pomp of um, like he's not as stuffy mm-hmm. as uh, Poirot is. But I went with Blathers from okay. Animal Crossing, like the curator the of the museum. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I think they share a similar physique, similar build. <laughs> uh, I, as far as I know, there's no proof that he doesn't have a Belgian accent. Um, but I think he's very, like, poli- analytical and, like, detail-oriented. And he's very, like, gentlemanly. Again, like, Poirot's maybe a little more stuffy yeah. than uh, Blathers is. But I think they feel a similar need where it's, like, you go to Blathers because you need information. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's able to, like, survey what is going on and then, like, provide it to you. In uh, yeah. his case, it's mostly about bugs, but right. also... Uh, and fish and pieces of art and fossils. <laughs> if you bring him a bug, I was going to ask this. Does Poirot famously, he's famously afraid of bugs, right? He doesn't like them? He doesn't like He'll them. He'll tell you about but them. I but I bet yeah. he has he a lot knows, of knowledge. Yeah. yeah, if you brought him a bug and there was a murder involved, right. he, he would, would figure know it out. everything right. he needed to know about that bug. No, I like that. I like that he's an authority. Right, yeah, exactly. He kind of has that like air of importance. Um, so I, get, I, I approach this one, I guess, slightly differently. Um, again, maybe just leaning on the more like negative personality <laughs> traits of, Why of the detective. I hate this detective. Why I hate this detective. But like, it's, uh, he's someone that you tolerate because you need him, right? Uh, he is someone who is like fussy to the point where you're like, why are you like this? Um, <laughs> like, I, I think all the time about uh, James Bond's um, cocktail snobbery. And it's like, do you think that's cool? It's just annoying. <laughs> like, <laughs> let people make you a drink. Um, and like Poirot has uh, that that quality as well, um, and so I'm putting all of that perhaps unfairly on our good friend Luigi. Who- <laughs> Whoa, I'm I'm offended on Luigi's behalf. Look, look, I love Luigi, but we put up with a lot of like Luigi isms, right? A goof. That's true. He is a goof. One thing I will say for in Luigi's defense, please, is like Luigi is not a difficult person. Like I think. Like Luigi, you know, uh, even if some, he's not going to send food back at a restaurant, no. right? He's not going to complain a about. Yeah, you're, yeah. Right, you're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> you could walk all over Luigi. <laughs> now, is he annoying to be around? Like, totally, probably. probably. Yeah. If you listen, if you just kind of <laughs> yeah, you don't tune him to. out. But I think Luigi also probably has some detecting bona fides, right? Like, there's the old Mario is missing game, um, and even in uh, something like Luigi's Mansion. He is searching for, not really finding clues or anything, but like... Uh, he puts some stuff together. Yeah. He does some light puzzle solving. He does some, li- he does some puzzle solving to save his friends. Yeah, which may just make him a detective and therefore eligible to be any of these characters. I think he's but. eligible. I feel like... He's a, he's, a, he's a beta. Yeah. And I would say that Poirot in all his forms is alpha. But mm. I think like Luigi... 
let's say we were casting Luigi, Ooh. right? Like, I think, I think you, Luigi could pretend. Like, if we, like, pumped Luigi up enough, right? Sure. And, like, mm-hmm. really, like, like, I think, I think he Head could all play. all non-essential personnel, like, off the set. I think he, filming, I yeah. think he could successfully play the character. Um, Here's the other thing. But I don't think it's, like, I don't think it is his personality. Here's the other thing. Mustache. The only one of these characters yes. who has the You're mustache. You're right. The mustache is a key point. I also think that you could look at it on a, on a age continuum. Mm. If Luigi is a young man, which you could make him sure. if you wanted for this story, and then Poirot is older and experienced, maybe after all those mansions, Luigi builds that arrogance. Oh, yes. So, so basically mm. we're seeing like a young, inexperienced Poirot like right. before he becomes... Like he retires from like the Belgian police and he um famous for busting a lot of ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. We don't know his we don't know his backstory. We it's a, it could be a rich you Tell know, me like... three things about Belgium. You can't. <laughs> Chocolate. <laughs> uh okay, all good picks. Uh next up is Benoit Blanc, the detective from Knives Out. Um, Mark, we will start with you. Okay. Um so this one is interesting because uh you know we um we talked a little bit before the show that a lot of these characters are like uh templates in a way right yeah. and i think benoit blanc um knives out is such a love letter to these types of like murder mystery especially these like agatha christie like uh you know there's as many stars in this movie as there are in the <laughs> sky you know like it all kind of takes place in a single location for the most part um and uh and but Benoit Blanc is like an interesting amalgamation of these like he has some of the um like ticks and quirks that I would say more like a Columbo than like a Sherlock Mm -hmm. like he's very like folksy but he's like he's folksy like uh Columbo but he has like more like sophistication yeah he also introduces him or his skill set in sort of the Columbo way of like I I don't put puzzles together I observe and watches the pieces assemble themselves in front of me, which yes. it feels very Columbo-y to me. Yeah, but he just has like an air of like sophistication mm-hmm. that like a Columbo or something like doesn't really have. I went with KK Slider from Animal Crossing. Okay. And uh the reason I did this is like I feel like uh KK Slider is very like composed mm-hmm. and put together, but like as a musician, he understands like the underbelly of the world. Okay. Right? Like he yeah. has like yeah. an understanding yeah. of it. So he He's not like jaded or cynical, but he just like has an understanding of how people work. Um, and I think it takes determination to make it in show business. And sure. so very I think true. like you need that in a detective as well. And I think Benoit Blanc is very like determined. Um, but in, again, he's like a KK Slider is folksy, but he's not unsophisticated, right? KK Slider feels like removed from everybody a little bit, right? He's like, oh, yeah. He has like, he's a little cool. Um, well, and like, uh, I think they both share the quality of being kind of like effortlessly charming yes. or like mm-hmm. seemingly uh, effortlessly charming. Mm-hmm. Um, that like, I will never get over the fact that KK Slider is the only character in all of Animal Crossing who doesn't wear clothes and everyone is just like, <laughs> just okay, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you feel like, you feel like I could be friends with KK Slider. Mm-hmm. You could no, not you be could friends not. with no. you could KK it, Slider. KK Slider decided it was okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. It just, he, yes, exactly. But also you would never know. Like, no. right. He's just too like cool and aloof. 
um, while also like paying attention to everything. Yeah, that's no, a good pick. It's I really pick. like that. I could also see Benoit Blanc like pulling out a guitar next to me. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or like a mandolin because it's in Greece. Uh, yes. Oh, that's right. It is in Greece. Janelle Monae got cast. I am yeah, so excited. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so good. Um, Mark, also, uh, so I'm going to use the uh, that mention of uh, a musical instrument to pivot to my pick. Um, because there's also that part in uh, Knives Out where he's sort of like cueing. I don't, it's never really clear what exactly he's doing. But like, he just like hits a piano key after someone says something. And it's like, either uh, ask more about that mm-hmm. or like something's not right there. Um, and so, like, I was thinking about, like, characters that uh, play music but don't, like, that's not what they do, right? It's just, like, part of it. And then I was also thinking about uh, Daniel Craig and that accent um, and that this is uh, someone who is uh, not American trying to show us what an American is. <laughs> so, of course, I am going with Mike Jones from Star Tropics, the quintessential, <laughs> this is what an American boy is. Uh, red hair, red hair, freckles, <laughs> loves baseball. Loves baseball, <laughs> has a yo-yo. <laughs> uh, and then there's also that chapter where you have to play the organ uh, to um, uh, unlock the pirate thing, whatever. So there's also the uh, music connection there. I think that's great. Thanks. I do feel it because I just rewatched Knives Out today to prep for this. Yeah. And there is a bit of it where you wonder what Daniel Craig is thinking about America. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. (sighs) Ryan? (laughs) Okay. um, All right. So mine is a little, you would call it a stretch. This is one I knew you guys were not going to match on me because this one is kind of tenuous. But once I thought it, I couldn't unthink it. Perfect. So as I said, I rewatched Knives Out today. And really the introduction of Benoit Blanc is, is him in the shadows, not really speaking. And then you find out that he was hired mysteriously. But even so, he's very, like you said, he lays back and kind of lets the mystery solve itself in some ways. And then it's at the end of the, the film where he has this huge moment where he comes out and is able to pull it all together. Uh, unveil the murderer and and close it up it's sort of it's almost like he looked like a little pink like fluffy thing and then he got really angry opened his mouth really big and he's kirby <laughs> i was looking for a place to put kirby on this list <laughs> i think that's pretty good all right thanks i don't have i don't have a lot of defense of it but <laughs> as soon as i thought it i was like yeah it's like kirby I, I mean, Kirby is also uh, one of those characters, and I guess like uh, a, a lot of the, these detectives too, where you're just like sort of assured of his victory. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, much like uh, Benoit Blanc is just sort of like, it's, it's inevitable. The, the victory comes to him. And like, it may become this like twisted nightmare horror by the end, but Kirby and Benoit Blanc can tackle it. Yep. Well, and I think like Kirby is also you know, basically the most powerful entity in the Nintendo universe. This is true. And I feel like in Knives Out, uh, everybody on the, per- like, everybody in the story uh, is out of sorts and, like, doesn't understand, you know, like, what's going on or mm-hmm. they all have their own agenda. And so everybody's, like, in a panic, like, trying to put that into action. And Benoit Blanc is always kind of, like, the center of it. Like, that, like, kind of, like, uh, powerful, like, rock where it's, like, yep. he's very cool, he's very collected, he's, like, I will f- I'll figure this out and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because uh, I was saying, it's, like, Kirby is our rock. 
Let us th- right. let us consider what Kirby would do in any situation. Yeah. And alternately, if Kirby needs to, he can just float above everything. <laughs> Which Benoit kind of does. Kind of does. Kind of does. Kind of does, just to observe. Um, these are all great picks. I, I am so happy with how this is going. I do want one of these for us to have a match. I know. I, I hope I, so. Everyone that goes by, I feel like, Less and less hope. <laughs> well, we've got a lot of detectives we to, go through, a lot yeah. to go through. We do have a lot to go through. So uh, I, I will be going first on uh, Friny Fisher. Now, I am not actually familiar with the Miss Fish- Fisher mysteries. I know. <laughs> I know, and I'm sorry. I think it's Pauline from Mario Odyssey. Am I wrong on that? Patrick, you are so right on that <gasps> because we have a match. Oh, my God. <laughs> we have a match. I also picked Pauline from Super Mario Odyssey. Um, but go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, my God. I should have. Well, I mean, this is mostly me queuing off of, like, the style of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Franny is into uh, dancing, and uh, Pauline is in – she's a singer in a band. Yep. Um, but they're also both, like, no strangers to, like, rough-and-tumble situations. Mm-hmm. She was kidnapped by a gorilla. It's yep. one of the formative events in her life. Um, uh, Pauline, not not. Uh, Franny Fisher's sister died, but it's yes, like exactly. It's like the same thing. Okay, great, great, great. Same thing. Yes, no, I I hundred percent agree with you. Um, you know the stuff at the end of uh, Super Mario Odyssey. If you talk to Pauline, like she'll quiz you on like stuff about her, and um, stuff she tells you is that her hat is her favorite possession. Mm-hmm. Franny loves fashion. Uh, Pauline loves eating cake. Fine. Uh, Franny also enjoys the finer things in life. Very and good. then again, that her capture in Donkey Kong was traumatic, although it helped her grow as a person. And like Ryan was saying, eerily similar to how Franny's sister like disappeared slash was murdered and uh, <laughs> by like this like crazy serial killer type guy. Um, plus, she all, uh, Pauline also indicates that she had already seen the Seaside Kingdom uh, by the time she <laughs> met up with Mario and desired to see the Cloud Kingdom due to having clouds that go on forever, and Franny is also very well-traveled. I think uh, Pauline is an amazing choice. Yeah. Oh, you guys it. did it. <laughs> this could have been my chance to join you. <laughs> well, who, who did you pick, Ryan? Okay, I went with Charm. That's the thing about Franny Fisher, is she charms mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone who meets her is a little bit in love with her. Yeah. Um, and I feel this way about this one character, even though I don't know that I've ever even played her, except for Sm- Super Smash Brothers. And that is Rosalina. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Rosalina is uh, one of the characters, and I'm sure there will be others that we talk about on this episode, that is like uh, NCS bingo, right? Like, <laughs> when is Rosalina <laughs> going to come up? Um, because she is among the pantheon of, like, mega babes in She's N- such Nintendo a babe, games. but she seems like she would be nice to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. totally. Like, she's great. Well, and she adopts like Lumas, yes. right? And so she and uh, Franny is lo- looks out for the little people. Like that's she adopts really her an thing. Orphan yeah, in yeah. the first season. Yeah, these are, these are both really great answers. Oh man, who knew? <laughs> uh, okay, that, then we are moving on to Veronica Mars, and appropriately, Ryan, we will be starting with you. I love Veronica Mars a lot. I know you do. And so I knew I needed to honor her, and there's a lot about V. Um, I think, I think one of my favorite, the best things, most remarkable, especially when looking at everyone else, like what sets her apart. Because great, she's a great detective. Mm-hmm. She's kind of a loner. Um, she believes in justice. She'll she will sacrifice things of herself in order to see justice done. But also, or what she thinks justice is. Yeah, she's got her which own. Which isn't code. always yeah. <laughs> um, she's probably 
one of the more gray characters um, totally. that we were talking about today. But one of the most notable things about her is she's badass. Yes. And she was an O-Niner princess okay. before. All right. So I'm going with Sheik. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. So she has the ability to like code switch between being like yes. the princess Zelda and uh, being the more like um, almost pch or like yes. that she can run with I, uh, whatever crowd she needs to. Mm-hmm. I like that. And be celebrated with, all, with both. Yeah. So that's, that's where I went. So you guys picked the same one, right? Uh, I, I did not. I did, I did not. I, so Veronica Mars is probably the character that I'm least familiar with on this, but based on the f- couple episodes of the show that I've seen, I went with, and this is one that, uh, some, like most of these, I will stand strongly behind. This is one that you could argue me down. It's uh Wendy O. Koopa from Super Mario Brothers. Okay, She's the I, Koopa kid. I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. From... <laughs> Here's uh, I don't think the, he, I, that, that's not. Here's I'm my reasoning. Be the I'm, I don't I'm think he here's my reasoning. Your reasoning. All right. The Japanese New Super Mario Brothers Wii website called her a strong-minded tomboy. Uh, according to the German Nintendo Club comic, she loves disco dances. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, uh, she's been shown to help people. Like in uh, Super Mario Wisdom Games Pictures Book 2, Mario and Wendy, which she helped Mario obtain a medicine for the poisonous bouquet Mark. she herself Mark. sent to Princess Peach <laughs> and even forced Alakatu to give its cloud to Mario so he could reach the princess more quickly. I rest my case. <laughs> I mean, helpful, likes disco dances. This I mean, is that... Veronica. <laughs> strong-minded. Strong yeah, strong-minded for sure. Yeah, strong-minded for sure. And look, I'm all for more Koopa Kid representation in any of our <laughs> lists. So the fact that we've mentioned three of them by now, almost half, uh, like, I, I could not be happier. <laughs> uh, my pick for Veronica Mars, uh, going again off of the aforementioned badass quality, the loner, um, someone who seeks uh, what, is, what they perceive justice to be, but which may not always line up with what like the, the cops or the authority figures are doing. Um, also has uh, a connection with uh, an animal in the form uh, of um, uh, backup. Uh, I'm going with Samus Aran, uh, okay. the uh, Metroid protagonist, uh, who is has all of those qualities except her. Her backup is a a baby Metroid that she saved. Um, so yeah, then that's 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 it. They're Stru- both blonde. They're both blonde. <laughs> both wearing a ponytail sometimes. Yep. Sometimes yep. they both wear ponytails. <laughs> yep. I like it. I feel like Samus is a, a very strong, badass character. Yeah. Who is willing to fight the power. Sheik is really good, too, though. I, I'm not going to deny it. Uh, all right. Next, we are moving on to Miss Marple. Okay, another uh, famous literary detective from Agatha Christie. Um, so I... I feel like with Miss Marple, she sometimes, like, she is, like, an old lady. And she's not really, she doesn't really, like, hide that aspect of her. And so sometimes she comes across to people as, like, confused. But when it comes to solving mysteries, like, she's really detail-oriented. She's, uh, she has, like, a sharp understanding of human nature. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going, I, my pick was Impa from Breath of the Wild. Like the old Impa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like very like old Impa. And I feel like 
one, uh, making this list made me realize that Nintendo does not have great representation. I couldn't think of any really like video game characters that are old women. Nope. Like, no. <laughs> not a lot of video game protagonists. Yeah, very difficult. Um, uh, are old women. But uh, yeah, so uh, Impa, I feel like, you know, when she first meets Link and everything, I think she's just like a really, she's seen it all. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think she's just a very um, astute observer of character. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. And then also, like, that most of her guidance comes in the way of just, like, one of the things that I think is interesting about uh, Miss Marple is that she's not, uh, like, an active character so much as just, like, uh, present and, uh, like, talks her way through things. Like, the rest of these uh, characters are going to get into some sort of physical altercation, and there's no way that she's going <laughs> to no. do that. No. no. Um, yeah. She'll... she'll gossip a lot yeah she loves to gossip <laughs> and she will get other people to do her dirty work like she'll oh, get yes. other people to like go investigate something she'll mm-hmm. lightly suggest yes she yeah keeps yeah keeps her yeah. hands clean mm-hmm. right which makes her like plausible the, deniability the yes. quest giver kind of character yes. so that yeah that Im- impa is is perfect for that i went with uh, another old woman uh <gasps> nintendo character i found one <laughs> uh i went with wrinkly kong um, because uh, Wrinkly Kong is a character that is also like often overlooked in our conversations mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the Kongs or just Nintendo characters in general. Um, and like I, I, just having that sort of like in the background but paying attention is vitally important. Saves your game yeah. in Donkey Kong Country Three. Um, and like you can go to like the school that she runs. Like all of it seems very marpley to me. No, I like that a lot. And you found an old lady. And I found an old lady. I could not find an old lady. <laughs> but I think of Ms. when I think of Ms. Marple, I think of just like someone who society ignores. They just think of her as like she's going to go do her knitting. And she mm-hmm. is going to knit. But while she's knitting, she's going to think about this murder. And so she's underestimated. And so you don't think, mm-hmm. you don't see her coming. And so I went with someone else who is totally underestimated. Nobody th- sees them as a threat. but. They can sometimes challenge you, and that is Wii Fit Trainer from Super Smash. <laughs> I love this. I love this. The Wii Fit Trainer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, really difficult to read what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no expression. Mm-hmm. I don't really expect much from them, like, as no. far as, like, active, you know, like, uh, g- I mean, active, yes, but getting into right. the middle of, like, a mess, no. no. Like, very easy to underestimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Totally. Yeah. You almost forget they exist. Yeah, you do. But how powerful are they in Super Smash Brothers when used by like somebody who knows yeah, how to wield them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, very powerful. Someone yep. with a strong sense of irony. <laughs> uh, that brings us to Nancy Drew. And I, I, I have to admit that I was shooting in the dark a little bit on this one, um, partially because I feel like Nancy Drew, uh, as a character, has been so malleable. Yeah, there's um, so many permutations. There's so many different permutations. And like, you know, I, I, I have seen things and read things uh, and then was just today trying to be like, okay, let's get a, let's get a handle on who this is. And I just couldn't like, I, I couldn't tell you about this character's personality. She's very boring. Yeah. She's a girl detective. Uh-huh. And when she was written, that was enough. That was enough. That was a whole lot <laughs> right. That it was like well, Hardy Boys, but a girl. Well, so well, I, yeah. I, w- I was looking into the history of, because I agree with you and like my... The most I'm familiar with Nancy Drew is from like the late 80s, early 90s when like my sisters yeah. had the like uh, like super mysteries where mm-hmm. they would go to a ski lodge with the Hardy Boys. You know, so it was like there was a lot of like romance and stuff like that was a big part of it. So 
I went looking and like in her history, like in her original incarnation in like the 30s, she was known for being like very like confident, competent, like totally independent, speak truth to power. Like she wasn't. And then uh, they rewrote a lot of the stories in the 50s and 60s and 70s to get rid of the racism. And <laughs> at, and at that time, they really made her more just kind of like white bread, just like, okay, I'm sure. you know, just like not a lot of personality yeah. just basically like i am a girl and i like to solve mysteries right like a curious girl yeah and and i read my mom had a lot of the books so i read like her copies it was never my favorite because they were not very juicy yeah and it was like i mean i still have them on my shelf so i guess i have some affection does she solve murders or is it mostly Sometimes just like murders, oh okay but okay it could just be like a missing clock got it um so she, it depends but it, it could be a murder and it's a lot of like her saying she's not going to poke her nose in and then keep poking <laughs> her nose in. Um, oh, so she's a liar. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but she gets away with it. Um, okay, okay. So that, 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 that is, is, that is like, clarifying. Yes, and she is a precursor to things like Veronica Mars, but is much, l- in terms of, we talked about the gray, there's no gray. Right, she's just like. like and it turns out just at like the end of every book, she was right. And okay. it, everything turned out okay. Um, so then. I, I have two candidates, and I'm not sure which one uh, is right. It is either going to be Mifa um, from... Mm-hmm. Uh, That's uh, a good pick, from Breath, Breath of the Wild. Wild. Or uh, Princess Rudo from uh, 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 Ocarina of Time. So in, it is one of the Zora, one of the young Zora princesses <laughs> uh, is going to be uh, Nancy Drew. Uh, and I think probably Mifa is, is the way to go. Yeah, I mean, I think you could make an argument for either of them. When I looked at Nancy Drew, I was like, okay, I'm going to choose the one that's, like, confident, competent, and, like, sure. independent. And so, but there is such, like, a broad spectrum of, right. like, who Nancy Drew is that I think you also could then kind maybe of maybe it like, is uh, Princess Rudo, because she, like, is very, like, strong and, like, uh, especially, like, uh, in after the time jump. Because mm-hmm. um, before the time jump, she's just this, like, kind of weird uh, obstacle that Link has to carry around in, in one dungeon. Um, but after that, she becomes like the Sage of Water. Um, so, like, I don't know. I think I, <laughs> I can't really back it up. <laughs> I, I, I mean, my opinion is that with Nancy Drew, you could kind of, and if somebody is way like, uh, has read a lot of Nancy Drew, like, please write into us and tell us otherwise. But I feel like you could kind of paint anybody sure. as they Nancy Drew. They need a show on CW that's Nancy Drew that's supernatural. It's called Ghosts. <laughs> So like she she doesn't summon the ghost of Sherlock Holmes, does she? Well, we don't know. I hope not because that's a gold mine of an idea. We're gonna make it happen. Uh, Ryan, who who do you have for? All right, I went Nancy for Drew. someone spunky, young, and kind of to my knowledge. And I haven't played this game a lot, um, but I have played this character in Smash, and that's where a lot of my opinion of this character comes from. I just feel like there's you could put you could project whatever you want on her, but you can't deny she's a girl and she's spunky, and that would be Inkling Girl. Oh, nice! I like that. I like <laughs> yeah, that. That's good. That's yeah, because I I like uh, I'm assuming I have not seen the CW show that the modern iteration of her is much more like spunky. Yeah. Than um and so yeah I I really like that one. Yeah. No, that's good. I also pick someone that is kind of um. Yeah, like uh, a go-getter. Like a, she's a Kong of action. She is oh. Dixie Ooh. Kong. Okay. Is nice. my pick for uh, Nancy Drew. That's good. That's good. I, and I like that both of you, both of your characters have the 
uh, like a little bit of like the 90s attitude <laughs> to them, yes. which I just wonder if that's uh, like us processing Nancy Drew as we were growing up. Right. And mm-hmm. so like you see her as like a rad 90s <laughs> yeah. uh, character. That's very funny. Um, OK. After Nancy Drew comes Philip Marlowe. Who are we starting with now? Ryan, I believe. I believe me. OK. OK. So this one, I don't know. OK. I, I didn't ask any questions about what counts as a Nintendo character. Perfect. I, yeah. So right. I went by the guidelines of things that I knew either knew were Nintendo or that I that are on Smash. Yeah. Yeah. That was when I opened it up because I had trouble with straight Nintendo characters coming up with someone for Philip Marlowe because Philip Marlowe is so noir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's um, so complex or complex and like, you know, not a villain and not. Not really hero. a hero. And, it, and it's really like, like his stories out of these are like heavy in a way that like. Yes. Difficult to find Nintendo characters that reflect yes. that. Um, yeah, wait. Yeah, yes. so I cheated too. Don't worry. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I went with Solid Snake. Oh. I thought about Solid Snake. <laughs> that is really good. And, like mercenary, mm-hmm. beaten by the system. Always a cigarette hanging out Always. of his mouth. Yeah. Sh- needs to shave. Needs, needs to shave. So that's where I went. But I know that's kind of a cheat. I, I really like it. It's it's <laughs> I, less of a cheat than mine. I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I have a, I, I think that's really good. And I also later went outside of Nintendo. Okay. Um, I for Philip Marlowe, this is where I chose Samus Aran. Okay. And um, I did it because it's like I feel like Philip Marlowe is um like weary, but he is like determined. Yeah. And he goes into situations like he does. He misjudges situations all the time, but he goes in like I. Uh, like expecting things to go poorly, but it doesn't stop him from like doing what he thinks is right. Yeah. And then also I couldn't like, I feel like uh, a hallmark of Philip Marlowe novels are their like first person narrated. So it has that really heavy, like noir, like she walked into my office, you know, like that sort of thing. And that got me thinking of uh, the voiceover narration in other M and like yeah, how like you could totally do that in like yeah. the noir style. So I chose Samus Aran is my Philip Marlowe. It's that 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 is a pretty good pick, and especially queuing off of the um, other M version of her um, of being because that like by other M, that's when they start telling stories where she's like uh, dealing with PTSD and uh, like is you know frequently just like destroyed by her own life right like right just can't uh, continue on because of everything she's experienced before her that's very philip marlowe um mark i'm going to r- recall us back to an earlier conversation that we had uh, about uh kid icarus games that never were um and while we were talking about uh what game would be on kid icarus for the wii uh i pitched a uh grown-up pit uh, flying around the galaxy. Icarus, I think we called this. Right, iteration. we're dropping the kid, and it's just Icarus, and he is a grizzled, um, like uh, warrior who's been fighting for too long. Uh, no longer cares about whatever. This is um, some Last Jedi shit. Yes, it totally is. Um, but I'm not going to take this version of Pit. I'm going to take this version of Dark Pit, <laughs> who is not a war, an intergalactic warrior, but an intergalactic detective. <laughs> Also very much in the vein of uh, Metroid Other M, too. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think I think that totally works. Do you know what I was just thinking is, I feel like you could almost pull 
any of the Fire Emblem Three Houses characters <laughs> post time jump and have oh them be God. like and have them in that like Philip Marlowe vein. Maybe not Claude, but I feel like Dimitri. Like <laughs> Dimitri. Oh, Dimitri. <laughs> Dimitri for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh this my God. Change all of our down. answers to Dimitri. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. we made a mistake. <laughs> oh my God. Eye patch or no eye patch? I think uh, eye patch, but um, I could go either way. Okay. <laughs> My gut's telling me I patched, yeah. but you could convince me. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, now we, I think we are now to the heavy hitters and the two characters that the three of us at this table care about the most. That's true. Columbo and Jessica Fletcher. We will start with Columbo. Uh, Mark, you are up first. Okay. So this is one that before we started, Patrick, <laughs> you said, I think you said that yeah. there was one that we both probably had on our minds. And but you decided not to go with it. That's right. For that reason, and I did go with it, or what I think it is. And uh, talking about NCS Bingo, I'm talking Rusty Slugger from Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. <laughs> yeah, of course you are. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, Rusty, his story doesn't exactly match up with uh, Columbo's <laughs> because Rusty is like at the beginning of that game, he is a miserable person. Right. His um, wife just left him. His wife left him. He's not confident. He's not he, seeing his kids. He, he, he's, <laughs> he's raising his 10 kids. Oh, that's it, right. <laughs> he's supposed to, he is supposed to be cooking meals for them, but he's a terrible cook. Oh, so no. his life is kind of a mess. Right. And then right. like through the course of the game, things kind of come together for him as you're playing it. But what I think Rusty does have that is very uh, Columbo-esque, he's, he's very, like, he has that, like, hangdog, very, like, unassuming, very, like, um, oh, don't mind me type thing, like, yeah, going totally. on. And it's very, and so it makes people willing to trust him, right? Like, famously, Columbo, you know, uh, if he says to you, oh, one more thing, right? The thing he's about to lay down is, like, the linchpin of the whole case. Right. What Rusty's one more thing is like, he wants to make a deal with you. Yeah. And when he's making a deal with you, like, uh, you know, that's like the whole like linchpin of his situation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's Rusty Slugger has that same, like I could see Rusty in a trench coat. I could. Totally. Yeah. Same like driving a crappy car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> R- Rusty also like, I, I feel like the, you know, one of the coolest things about Rusty's real deal baseball is that it is like a mini game collection where you have to actually buy the individual mini games. Like the, the game itself is free, um, but if you want to play these other games, you have to spend uh, real money. Um, but you can barter with him. You can, the game will. Uh, he loves you, donuts. Yeah. He, yeah. So you can uh, use donuts to bring the price down. You can also just ask for a lower price. So, like, there is a part of the game where you just have to, like, talk to him, and it's like a trick. Um, which feels like Columbo, right? Mm-hmm. Where like he's just all he needs to do is just talk to you, and he's gonna get what he wants. Exactly, right? Exactly, and especially because like uh, Columbo gets people to talk, and they think that they're like outsmarting him. Right. And with Rusty, right? Like you can bargain down. But here's the thing: you're still Rust- spending money on, and it. Rusty is selling digital goods, yeah. right? <laughs> like the cost of development there's has no already scarcity. There's yeah, it's exactly. So like he, it's already done. So anything he sells, like the profit margin is amazing. Yeah. So like, who's really getting the good deal there? <laughs> yeah. For Colombo, mm-hmm. I went with uh, another. Uh, I went with a, a a venerable character, someone who has uh, like age and experience, but is also someone who you. Uh, don't really look at as um, you know someone of status, uh, but as someone who is always there, always around, 
uh, and always uh, feeding information and always getting information. I went with Peppy Hare mm. from Star Fox, mm-hmm. uh, the sort of elder statesman of the Star Fox crew. Um, and I just like I, I really what got me excited about it was I was just projecting Columboisms onto Peppy, <laughs> um, and just like man, it'd be fun if like his spaceship was all like banged up and like he's smoking a cigar in there. He's got a basset hound. He's got a basset hound. He's <laughs> he's that well. So he has a relationship with General Pepper, who is a basset uh-huh. hound. There so there we go. <laughs> Yeah, th- that that's that's a very good one, and I agree with you that it is that kind of like ven- venerable status. Yeah, where he feels very seasoned, right? Like Columbo's been doing this for a long time. Yeah, so you can't, so you should trust what he's saying. Also, you know that Peppy shows up to like some Star Fox business, and like some other members of Star Fox are like, "Oh, sorry, you can't come by this way." And he's like, "Oh, I'm actually a member of Star Fox, and that's the Flash's <laughs> badge." <laughs> you know that happens. That is one of my favorite things in Columbo when it's they so when funny. people no they're like think he's just a random guy who's lost. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Lieutenant. <laughs> um, I went for I leaned into like the blue collar. Yeah. Underestimated. And I think it's easy for us to forget because at this point this person it's like at the end of watching all the Columbos, you see how good he is, you like forget how could anyone underestimate him. But if you really look at some like little plumber guy, <laughs> Is he really going to save the world and a princess? Yeah. 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 Turns out, yeah, he is. So I want Mario. I, I, like, I like Mario. And I feel like Mario, while more put together than Luigi, still has like a disheveled energy totally. to him. Yeah. You, he smells. We've talked about, <laughs> you've talked about how Columbo smells. Yeah. But we, Mario we, smells. We, we, we talked about our previous episodes and then again before we rolled uh, tonight <laughs> um, that Columbo definitely smells, which actually made me wonder if anyone was going to go the Wario route, a canonically stinky, but like Wario is just too unpleasant. And I feel like, yeah, I can't attribute that to Wario like Columbo draws too much attention to himself in a way that like that's not Columbo's MO at no. all. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously Wario is Jessica Fletcher. <laughs> Whoa! No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Whoa! I'm kidding. Uh, let's move on to Jessica Fletcher. Okay. Uh, I will start <laughs> for Murder She Wrote, beloved yes. character, yes. um, portrayed by uh Angela Lansbury, just forever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so again, this is one that I feel like I come at from a, a a little bit of a weaker place. So I'm glad I'm going first. Um. Jessica Fletcher, uh, obviously a uh, writer, a creative person uh, who has like come up with scenarios and then also solves crimes. Um, so she is a creator. She is a a queen. I'm going with Wart, the king of Dreamland. <laughs> okay. Wart also only really has power in Dreamland, just as Jessica Fletcher only has uh, crime solving skills in Cabot Cove. No. No. <laughs> Damn it. It's okay. You tried. Yeah. But no. She is. She, the, the, that is. This is. This is, this is your Wendy Okupa. <laughs> hey, is, I'm willing to back off of it immediately. There is nowhere where I thought you were gonna say Earth, and I was gonna be like, Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. fine. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. She hasn't gone to space. We don't know how she do in space. There's no Jessica Fletcher in space. Maybe no. in one of the novels. Yeah, I have only read a few of them. They're not all good. Well, all right. I'll cede the floor to you. <laughs> all right. Well, and I'm not. I love Jessica Fletcher, but Murder Show is my favorite shows of all time. I named my dog Fletcher after Jessica Fletcher. I love uh, Murder Show. 
I love Cabot Cove, but I also love that season where she goes to New York and is a professor. She can do that. Professor, writer, and solving crimes. Triple threat. Amazing. Classic triple threat. <laughs> so to me, she's sort of just like this amazing superhero that you like she's gonna get it done she's gonna win the day you don't really have to worry about that um so i went with samus i like that samus makes an appearance on all three of our lists as <laughs> I different feel like characters you guys did better of making those connections for samus but i still feel like i I, and honestly, it was sort of like, I think I feel about Jessica Fletcher the way you feel about Samus, Patrick. Probably <laughs> <Only> true. <laughs> so. I found this one really difficult. Yeah. Because yeah. Like, uh, like you, Ryan, like I love Murder, She Wrote. Uh, it's been a part of my life, you know, since I was a kid. Um, I just absolutely love that show. And so I found, this is so, uh, I just found it really difficult to find a character as good as Jessica Fletcher. Uh, and, uh, you know, I want to live my life more like Jessica. She's confident. You mm-hmm. know, she doesn't take n- nonsense or sass from nope. anybody. She does what she wants to do. I, like previously, we talked about um, Luigi being maybe like a younger version of Hercule Poirot. I chose an aged Chun-Li from Street Fighter okay. to be right. Jessica Fletcher. So Chun-Li is resourceful mm-hmm. and dedicated Interpol agent who takes mm-hmm. her job seriously. True. Replace Interpol agent with former teacher and current mystery novel writer, and you're talking about Jessica Fletcher. Yeah, that's true. Um, Chun-Li uh, has, you know, like her dad was murdered, and so she spends a lot of time investigating murders. In fact, like after, I believe in Street Fighter 4, her story is that like she retired after M. Bison died. And so she's, but she's kind of like bored in retirement. So she just starts looking into like murders and disappearances. That is uh. Jessica. Because <laughs> she was bored and also depressed because Frank died. Right. That's why she started writing her novels and then she was still kind of bored. And that's why she started, <laughs> solves crime. Yeah. And so, uh, and they both have a rock and bod. Yep. <laughs> I have, um, the book that Angela Lansbury wrote about how she keeps her bod. Oh, do you the uh, like the fitness the fitness thing from book, like the eighties? Yeah. It's essentially like eat cottage cheese only and do the stretches, <laughs> and you can look like Angela. Lansbury. That's exactly what Chun Li says in her book too. <laughs> so an aged Chun Li, so not the Chun Li we're sure, familiar with. Sure. Uh, Chun Li in the future, who is you know like slowed down a little bit, but still has all of the uh, like sass from her former adventures. I love it. Funny. I don't know that I would describe Chun Li ever as sassy, but well, the rest of it all, the rest of it lines up. So and I like Jessica it. Jessica is sassy, but in a very like she's never mean, mm-hmm. and she doesn't take anything anyone says like personally. Totally. So yeah. it's like sass, but it's more just like oh. Yeah, you're right. Sass is not the right term. It's more just like uh, she, um. She's just very comfortable being herself. Yes. And so yeah. she says what's on her mind. She doesn't let people walk over her. She, you know, she's just like, no, like, I'm not going to let you do that. Or mm-hmm. no, I need this. Um, and it's why she's successful. She's the best. Um, are there any detectives that we have missed that we need to now litigate here? I don't know if litigate's the right word, because I don't know that you guys watch this show. Okay. We talked about a lot of shows at the beginning. 
But I just think vibe-wise, the boys from Psych, Sean and Gus, mm-hmm. they're men, but they're boys, have ice climber energy. <laughs> <laughs> just because they're always together? They're together. They work together. <laughs> okay, they get yeah. things done together. But they're also like, you can't take them that seriously. Sure. They're goofy boys. And also, you would never call them men. Sure, sure. Just like you would never call the ice climbers men. No. Even I mean, though they, one of them is a woman. But Yeah. You yeah. Would, but you would. Ad- I mean, are, they're canonically adults, right? I actually yes. don't know. But they don't give adult vibes. No, no they absolutely don't, don't. don't so give kids, adult vibes. I, I yeah. call them the psych kids in the psych. In the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that tracks. Um, speaking of kids, um, I, I, what about the Scooby-Doo gang? Hmm. Whoa. I mean, first of all, do they count as detectives? Yes. One thing that is interesting about Scooby-Doo, though, is like they mostly inadvertently solve all of they. They're successful. Well, Shaggy and Scooby inadvertently solve. Yeah, Velma's usually. I feel like Velma, Fred, and Daphne are investigating leads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're right. There, a lot of luck plays into it. Yeah. And having having to like lean on the right door that turns out to be a staircase. Right. Right. But right. like you can't fault them for being lucky. Yeah. So they're the lucky detectives. Is there anybody else who stumbles into adventure? <sighs> I feel like okay. So I would for me. Yeah. I would say that Luigi is Shaggy. Oh no, that is interesting. And uh, and Scooby is Polterpup. Scooby is Polterpup. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Velma is Toadette. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Daphne can be Peach, and uh, Fred can be Mario. Uh huh. And that's all of them. Done. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and then of course the world's greatest detective, Batman. Yes, which, um, oh, yeah, who is the Batman of the <gasps> Nintendo universe? Okay, and I don't know if these came out on Nintendo, so this might, this might not work. But there were Murder, She Wrote video games. So I'm going to say, say Batman Jessica Fletcher? <laughs> is Jessica Fletcher in the Murder, She Wrote video games. <laughs> They're both the world's greatest detectives. All right, let's close this segment out. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Ryan, thank you so much for helping us. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Um, is there anything that you would like to plug? Sure. I have a show called Same Day Shipping um, with my friends Patrick <laughs> and Colin and Kelly. And we talk about uh, fake relationships. We talk about, we call it fake relationships, fictional relationships. Mm-hmm. And we get very um, intense about it. So if you like, <laughs> this kind of conversation i think you might like that that's a very similar conversation <laughs> yeah um all right uh that's gonna do it for this episode of the show again ryan thank you so much for joining us uh please remember to rate review subscribe or follow not subscribe follow us on apple Podcasts if you like the episode please share it on facebook or twitter wherever you share stuff it helps us out a bunch when you do um you can follow us on twitter i'm at patrick underscore ellers mark is at mke mitchell and the show is at Nincart society and ryan is at r mogi yep um and then well, the show also has a facebook page which is just nintendo cartridge society olivia duncan made our logo our theme music is provided by ape betty you can get more of his music by going to ape or by listening right now for my co-host mark mitchell this is patrick eller saying and just one more thing and thanks for listening
it's Mia. Hey, it's Allie. And we host the Rom-Com Review Podcast, P.S. I Love Rom-Coms. Each week, we'll have incredible guests come and discuss a new rom-com, grand gestures, meet-cutes, and of course, that elusive chemistry. Mia, what are you doing holding that giant boombox over your head? I'm hoping to win over listeners with this grand gesture. Take us back! Find a new episode every week. And subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Campfire Media. Wow, you're uh, still holding that boombox. Yeah, I've got great upper body strength. Thanks, CrossFit. P.S. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Campfire.